Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation. Helping you heal your relationship to food, exercise, your body, and yourself. It is great to be back here with you. This is my third or fourth attempt of recording this episode for you. We had some technical difficulties, but alas, here we are. We are winding down summertime here in Oregon. Um, my son starts school next week, and then my daughter the following week. This summer in particular seems like it has really flown by. I'm not sure if that has been your experience as well, um, but I am definitely feeling a little bit ready for some of the structure that typically comes with the fall. I am not, however, ready to be all the way into fall like Starbucks. I saw the other day that they already have all of their pumpkin spice flavors back in. I feel like even at Costco, maybe a few weeks ago, I saw some Christmas stuff. Definitely seems a little bit early for that, um, but I am kind of looking forward to some of the good things that the fall brings as well. I have been noticing, I in fact just kind of mentioned this to my husband yesterday. We just got back from, I don't know, five or six days away at the coast with family and didn't have my phone, didn't really have service. Um, so thank goodness there were no emergencies, but we weren't too far from the road with service. Uh, but really just feeling like I am needing to recalibrate. And for me, I feel like whenever there is kind of a break in routine or a break in the season, that seems like a natural place to pause, kind of take stock, take inventory, do an audit, and really just kind of evaluate, you know, how are things going? What do I feel like I could be doing better or more of or less of? And to just kind of start fresh. And so I think maybe that more than anything is what I am sort of looking forward to. Although the funny thing is, is that you don't really need a change of season for that. You don't need to start on a Monday. We really can do all of those things at any given point in time. So it's just kind of funny that my brain and probably your brain to an extent too, is always kind of looking for that natural break. Um, but anyway, that is not really what we are talking about today. I uh, wanted to address a couple of different questions that have come up over the past few weeks from different clients and different listeners, and just kind of give you my perspective at a very high level of each of these things. So the first one I want to address is the 75 hard challenge. Now I've seen a lot about this on social media. I've had a few clients in the past that have done this and I just wanted to kind of give you my perspective. So I have never done the 75 hard challenge. In fact, I'm not even entirely sure what all it entails. Uh, some people do it and they really like it. It seems like people are getting good results. But the thing I would caution you with, whether you are looking at the 75 hard challenge or any other sort of fitness challenge, or maybe you're looking at cutting out alcohol or sugar or something like that for an extended period of time, is to really just consider how you are approaching it. So my concern a lot of times with these challenges is that people end up kind of binging on the front end and then they binge again on the back end. So again, without having full detailed knowledge on what the 75 heart challenge is, I think anytime we approach those things through a lens of deprivation or restriction or kind of that diet mentality, 
that usually seems to be what kind of triggers that binging on, you know, right before you start and then again when you get done. So I think you just first and foremost want to check in with where you're at there with that. I think the other thing too is to get very clear on what you are wanting to gain by doing that challenge. So who do you hope to be on the back end? Are there specific habits that you're looking to adopt and to really stick with? Are you looking at making these lifestyle changes? Is this more just something that you're wanting to see if you can stick to it for 75 days? But just getting super clear on what you want to gain from it. What is the objective? Why are you doing the challenge? That's going to help you be super intentional with each and every day of the challenge and each of, and every component of the challenge and maybe even help you identify for yourself your particular areas of growth. Now, I've done a previous podcast episode all about, you know, my thoughts on challenges, maybe a little bit more in depth. I will uh, link to that particular episode in the show notes. But I think, you know, whether you're doing the 75 hard or anything, you just want to like, don't do it just for the sake of doing it. You know, like, I think sometimes that kind of lends to it feeling more like a punishment and something that you're kind of putting yourself through, but really kind of reframe it. And if you're going to commit to doing something for 75 days, really think about what you are wanting out of that, who you are wanting to become and how you're wanting to change your life or your lifestyle and transform on the back end of that. The other thing to consider is maybe you look at something like the 75 heart challenge and really just consider for yourself if you need to kind of tweak that a little bit to fit a little bit more of your either physical needs, the demands of your lifestyle right now. Um, You know, for some people, doing two workouts a day is maybe not the best thing. Now, I think one of the workouts is supposed to be more like a walk and then the other one is a workout and, you know, that's fine. Um, I think just make sure that you are definitely eating enough kind of throughout the day and eating foods that are really going to support that high level activity would be huge. But you can look at all of these challenges and kind of tweak them and make them your own to really meet yourself and your body with where you're at. The other thing to think about is that you can use kind of the 75 heart challenge as a template and then plug and play your own specific thing. So, you know, maybe you just identify that there are certain things that you are really wanting to focus on in your life in this season. And then you just add those kinds of activities in and and create your own challenge. Now, the next thing that I want to address is these two are kind of tied together, but it's one on one hand, it's intermittent fasting for women. The other part of this, which they're a little bit connected, but also a little bit different are my thoughts on fasted training for women. Now, a couple weeks ago, I had a run coach on and she was talking about the importance of not doing fasted running. And I would even expand that to say to not do fasted training as women. Now, back in the day when I competed as a figure competitor, I was doing fasted cardio. That was supposedly supposed to help with fat loss. Um, I think knowing, and I'm still learning, of course, but knowing what I know about female hormones and our bodies, this whole idea of you know, intermittent fasting for long periods of time or doing fasted training is potentially not the best for us when it comes to our hormones. And a lot of times actually can potentially end up impeding fat loss if that is one of your goals. 
what I will say is that like with everything, you know, you're going to find research or studies that kind of support both sides of the argument. When you are looking at information or you're reading those research studies, one of the biggest things to really look at is who are they doing these experiments on? Who, you know, who are they getting this information from? Unfortunately, and we are seeing this change, but it seems to be a little bit of a slow change. A lot of the current research out there, whether it's on intermittent fasting or keto or really anything else has been done predominantly on men. This is for a few different reasons. Men are a lot easier to control for. They don't have the same kind of hormonal fluctuations throughout the month or even lifespan as women do. So that makes it a lot easier uh, to control for that. So if you are reading an article on intermittent fasting and they are quoting specific studies, a lot of times, especially if you're reading these articles digitally, you can click the link to take you directly to those studies. And you want to really look at who did they do this experiment on? Was it men or was it somebody that is in a similar stage of life as you as a woman, right? So again, even if they're doing a study on women, but you're looking at something for women that have gone through menopause, if they're not doing the research on women that have gone through menopause, then the results are maybe not going to be necessarily the same. So all that to say, you know, test, test it out for yourself and see what results you get. If you are doing fasted training and you're finding that you're gaining weight, maybe your hunger is all out of whack, your sleep is messed up, your cravings are through the roof, your mood and your energy are kind of all over the place, then something about what you're doing isn't quite working. Uh, one of the, the ways that we know, you know, are we kind of hormonally balanced? Is our blood sugar stable? Is, you know, is our sleep, our hunger, our mood, our energy, and our cravings, are those things kind of in balance, meaning they're not too extreme one way or the other? Now, that is not thorough. That's not super in-depth, but it's just a good way periodically or even throughout the day to kind of check in with yourself. Um, so along with the, the fasted training, you can, you know, before, if you're, especially if you're doing those early morning workouts, it's not always easy to eat something huge before that. Um, you can have some protein. So whether that's making up a quick protein shake, uh, I've been a huge fan of just adding collagen protein into my coffee lately. It's not flavored. It doesn't really change the consistency of my coffee. Granted, I know that there's some controversy around the effectiveness of collagen protein, but at the end of the day, it still is going to be protein, even if it's an incomplete protein source. So I know I'm still getting something into my, bloods, my bloodstream before working out. Um, this may not be enough if you're feeling like you get lightheaded while you're working out or something like that, then maybe you wanna look at adding a little bit of a carb, so maybe a banana, an applesauce pouch, which is what uh, the run coach Jen had mentioned in her interview, um, but really just kind of testing some different things and seeing ultimately what works for you and your body. Uh, for some people, they're going to want more carbs. For other people, they're going to be okay with a little bit less carb and just focusing on more of the protein. Uh, but again, really just kind of testing a few different things for yourself and seeing what works. Now, to kind of piggyback off of that, we're going to talk a little bit about my thoughts on intermittent fasting for women. 
you're probably not going to be too surprised to know that I am not a huge proponent of long fasting windows for women. Now, of course, there are a variety of, of reasons that people decide to fast. Some of that is religious. Um, I do participate in some fasting for that reason. And so, you know, while it might do certain things physiologically, there are going to be maybe other spiritual benefits that come from fasting as well. So again, kind of just checking in with yourself and where you're at. I think that an easy way to kind of incorporate intermittent fasting is to just extend the period of time of fasting between your last meal the night before and then when you, you break the fast when you have your breakfast the next day. So for example, maybe you have your last meal at six o'clock tonight and you just extend the, the window from when you have your breakfast tomorrow to maybe seven or eight. I've seen some things that indicate that if you're a woman and you are looking to do intermittent fasting, that you really don't look at fasting longer than 14 hours. Now, again, there are going to be people that are huge advocates for fasting that are women that maybe fast for longer than 14 hours and feel like they're getting great results. So in that case, I would say, you know, if it's working for you, then keep doing it. If you have tried those longer periods of fasting and you're not getting the results that you want, then I don't think that fasting longer is necessarily going to be beneficial. You might actually want to look at tapering back the fasting a little bit, possibly eating a little bit more, you know, different things like that. That's getting into the weeds. That's a little bit more nuanced than I want to go here in this episode. Um, but if those are questions that you have, or if those are things that you're wanting, a really customized approach to nutrition, that's where I would say you benefit from hiring a coach. So whether that's me or somebody else that can really help you kind of pinpoint what to work on for yourself. So an easy way, like I said, to incorporate some intermittent fasting is just looking at that window between dinner the night before and then breakfast the next day. An area that you really want to be careful, I think, when we're talking about fasting or any type of restriction or deprivation around food is whether you have a history of an eating eating disorder, as in you've been diagnosed with one, or you have a tendency and a propensity towards disordered eating, which oftentimes really does end up mimicking an eating disorder. It's just not formally diagnosed. If you are fasting and you notice that food obsession comes up or um, you know, you're constantly thinking about food, you're feeling incredibly deprived and restricted, then I would say that fasting at least longer than you know, from dinner to breakfast is probably really not something that you want to get into. That might not be the most ideal situation for you from a mental and an emotional place with food. So really at the end of the day, whether we're talking about doing a fitness challenge or doing a challenge like the 75 hard, intermittent fasting, fasted training, or really any other aspect, it's going to be about knowing yourself, knowing where you're at, uh, discovering and just kind of exploring where you identify growth for yourself in this particular season, testing different things out, trying them and seeing what works for you. At the end of the day, what works for your sister, your neighbor, your best friend, your mom isn't necessarily going to be the same thing that works for you. So um, those are just kind of my high level thoughts. Uh, Just to kind of sum it up, I am 
totally fine with challenges as long as we're not turning those into kind of mini diets, right? Approaching it with sort of that diet mentality. I would say for intermittent fasting, focus on maybe doing that between dinner and breakfast, no longer than 12 to 14 hours, and definitely do not even dance with fasting if there is a history of eating disorder there. Um, unless you're kind of working with an eating disorder specialist and, you know, you feel like you're at a place in your recovery that you could introduce some fasting without it causing any problems. And then in terms of the fasted training in general, I do not practice fasted training anymore. I don't really recommend that to my clients, but again, you can kind of test it and see what works for you. If you're in a pinch and you're going for that early morning workout, uh, a little something is going to be better than nothing. So whether you go for the banana or the applesauce or you're throwing that unflavored collagen protein powder into your coffee or you make up a quick protein shake with milk or water or almond milk, uh, something is going to be better than nothing. So again, this was all very high level. I just wanted to take a minute to really address and give you my thoughts on those specific questions because they've come up recently with clients and maybe those are things that you have been wondering about as well. If you are looking for a personalized approach to nutrition and fitness and are really ready to make some deeper lifestyle changes and you want to explore working with me and utilizing the non-diet approach that I take, then I want to invite you to sign up for a life audit. This is really just a consultation, a time for us to come together and to just kind of figure out, you know, where are you at now? Where do you want to be? Give you that step-by-step -step process and really help you identify the key obstacles and the things that have been really kind of slowing you down or stopping you altogether. You can do that by heading to aliciacarlson.com and just filling out that contact page to request a time on my calendar. I hope that this episode was helpful for you and beneficial. If you like what you're hearing here, um, you can show us some love by sharing the episodes that are your favorites, uh, leaving us a review that really does help put the show in front of other people. Hope you have a lovely rest of your day, an amazing weekend, and I can't wait to be back here with you again next week. Until then, bye.